Now, we have been focusing on blessed to bless in this series. This series, we have been looking at the fact that God has blessed us, and because He blesses us, then we can be a blessing. Uh, let me just let you know that beginning next week, I'm going to be uh, sh- sharing a sermon series that is based on a book that I went through entitled Double Blessing, which was written by Pastor Mark Batterson. So I'm going to do a three-week message series based on principles that he shares in that book on how we can experience double blessing. How many of you believe God's Word is true? One of the things that God says in His Word is that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we will learn that beginning uh, next Sunday, how that can be real in our own lives. So I want to continue today looking at our message series that we've been dealing with, which is Blessed to Bless. Somebody said, when you think about the blessings of God, remember one child's description of an elevator. I got into this little room and the upstairs came down. That's a good description of being in your prayer closet, then receiving God's favor. In fact, I've heard it said in my journey that when our praises go up, the blessings come down. What I've learned also is that when our prayers go up, the blessings come down as well. In fact, this is why God invites you and I to seek Him through the vehicle or avenue of prayer. In Jeremiah 33 and 3 in the Amplified, we read God saying, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you, and watch this, and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. Notice what God reveals here, that He is ready to demonstrate to you great things, things that will even blow your mind. That is what God is declaring, that if you and I will pray, if we will seek Him, He will then reveal to us things that will even blow our mind. Then the Bible says in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will rescue you, and you shall honor and glorify me. Now, in the Hebrew language, the language of the Old Testament, the word trouble has the idea of being hemmed in, of being trapped, of being enclosed, and having no way out. And so God says, when you find yourself between the proverbial rock and a hard place, where it seems that there is no way out of your dilemma, when it seems that there is no way out of your circumstance, God says, call to me and I will deliver you. Here's what I want you to understand today. That there is no hurt that God cannot heal you of. There is no bad habit that God cannot deliver you from. There is no addiction that God cannot set you free from. There is no bondage that God cannot come and rescue you from. But the key is to be willing to call to Him. Because when you and I begin to pray, then heaven begins to descend and come into the midst of our circumstance. Then God's rule begins to be exercised and He overrules whatever opposes the fulfillment of His purpose and will in our lives. And so I want you to see today through an Old Testament example as well how we are blessed to bless. 
It's found in Genesis chapter 12. And I'm going to be reading out of verses 1 through 4. Genesis 12, beginning with verse 1 down to verse 4. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you, notice, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Did you notice how old he was? He was 75 years old. It's good to know that in God, you're never too old to experience His blessing on your life. And not only the blessing of Him working in your life, but also the blessing of Him working through your life. Because in this promise, He not only said He would bless him, but He said, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God is willing and ready to bless you and make you a blessing. Now, I want to read a part of what Danny Dutton, an eight-year-old, third grader rather, wrote in an assignment entitled, Explain God. He wrote, one of God's main jobs is making people. He makes them to replace the ones that die. So there will be enough people to take care of the things on earth. He doesn't make grown-ups just babies. I think that's because they are smaller and easier to make. That way, he doesn't have to take up his valuable time teaching them to talk and walk. He just leaves that to the mothers and fathers. He continues, God sees everything and hears everything and is everywhere, which keeps him pretty busy. So you shouldn't waste his time by going over your mom and dad's head asking for something they said you couldn't have. And all the parents said, oh yeah. (laughs) He continues, you should always go to church on Sunday because it makes God happy. And if there's anybody you want to make happy, it's God. If you don't believe in God, you will be very lonely because your parents can't go everywhere with you. Like to camp, but God can. It is good to know He's around when you're scared in the dark or when you can't swim very good and you get thrown into real deep water by big kids. And you shouldn't just always think of what God can do for you. I figure God put me here and he can, he can take me back anytime he pleases. And that's why I believe in God. Now, Danny wrote more than that. But one thing I noticed about his explanation of God is this. Danny believes in a God who makes people, listens to them, and is nearby when you're frightened or lonely. His God cares about us. A few years ago, Baylor University sponsored a poll by the Gallup organization on the values and beliefs of the American public. 
Concerning belief in God, it found that about one half of those interviewed saw God as an angry, critical being who is just waiting to punish people. Others visualized him as a remote God, not really interested in what is happening to us. But it did find that about one-fourth of Americans think of God as a benevolent, caring father who wants a relationship with us. Now, that last group believes in a God who listens to them, cares about them, and who is nearby when they're frightened or lonely. And that is the kind of God that the Bible reveals our Heavenly Father is. He, he made us, He listens to us, He cares about us, and He is always near. In fact, the psalmist said, God is our strength and He is our help. He is our refuge and a very present help in time of trouble. Now, going back to Abram. When Abram was called of God, he was called of God on an adventure. He was called on God to commence a journey with God. And God promised him that if he would go with God, God would bless him and also make him a blessing. But you'll notice in this passage of Genesis 12, especially verses 1 through 3, that there is the idea or the concept of initiation separation, and then connection. Initiation, separation, and then connection. Notice first with me, initiation. Initiation is the action of beginning something. The action of beginning something. Notice again verse 1 of Genesis 12. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram. Now the Lord had said to Abram. Notice That the Bible says that in the life of faith, God always takes the initiative. Somebody said, I sought the Lord until I finally found Him. In reality, if you ever sought the Lord, it's because the Lord has previously searched for you. In fact, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you in John 15, 16. You and I were the ones who were lost, not God. And it's not that God found me it, or that I found God. It is that God found me it, because I was the one who had gone astray. I am the one that has gone on my own way. But thank God that he is a benevolent father. He is one who has dedicated his life life to reaching out to us. He is the one who gave his life so that you and I could be rescued. So I want you to understand today that God is the one who takes the initiative to seek us out, to find us where we're at. He is the one that implements search and rescue. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 19:10 that the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And the word lost there means that which is destroyed. And the word saved means there to make whole or complete. Here's the good news about God. Not only does he initiate the process by which to rescue us, but once he's rescued us, he does more than bring us to himself reconciling us. He causes us to be able to recover and be restored and be made whole. Here's the thing I love about 
God that it doesn't matter how messed up He finds you. It doesn't matter how disgusted you find yourself in that dilemma. God, once He finds you, not only will He rescue you, but He will restore you. He'll take your brokenness and He'll produce wholeness and He'll bring you together and He'll make you well. That's who He is. He takes the initiation. And then notice, there's also the concept here of separation. Because the Bible tells us that when God called out to Abram, He told him, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. God called Abram to take a step of faith and to separate from certain things. And here's what I want you to also get a hold of. Because if you want your life to be able to be full and complete and satisfied, here's a principle that you and I must be willing to apply for that to become reality. You've got to be willing to walk away from some things in order to walk into God's blessing. You've got to be willing to walk away from some things in order to walk into God's blessing. You see, when God initiated the process of calling Abram to this adventure, He also called him to be willing to separate. He had to make a choice. Well, am I willing to walk away from my country? Am I willing to walk away from my family? Why was God calling him to walk away from his country and his family? Because that country and his family members were engaged in idolatry. They were serving false gods. And God was telling him, if you want a journey with me, then you've got to be willing to walk away from that which is false in order to follow me, the one and true God. Here's what I want you to understand as well. When you're willing to separate from whatever God calls you to walk away from, you will never be at the short end of the stick. In fact, you will begin to discover a life of blessing that will blow your mind. I'm here to tell you, God promised to bless Abram and make him great, but there was one condition. Abram had to do what God wanted him to do. This meant leaving his home and friends and traveling to a new land where God promised to build a great nation from Abram's family. And what happened? Abram obeyed. Walking away from his home for God's promise of even greater things in the future. God may be trying today to lead you to a place of greater service and usefulness for him. Don't let the comfort and the security of your present position make you miss God's plan for you. Here's a truth that the Word confirms in Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Not only was Abram willing, he was obedient. He was obedient to what God told him to do. He, he left behind. He walked away from his old life to begin a new life. Here's another thing to keep in mind. That whenever God calls you out of something, it is to lead you into something. Whenever God calls you out of something, it is to lead you into something that will be better than 
what you've left behind. What are you saying, Pastor? What God is calling you to is better than whatever you have come from. Your past will never compare to the promise of God. Your past will never compare to what will happen when you choose to walk away from it and begin to walk into the promise of God. Now, there's a book in the New Testament called the book of Luke. And in it, we read an account in which Jesus asked to borrow Peter's boat. It's found in the fifth chapter of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. And in that passage, there is a truth found in that biblical passage that applies to our lives. You've got to be willing to leave the shore if you want to experience the more. You've got to be willing to leave the shore if you want to experience the more. Jesus initially asked Peter, can I borrow your boat? Because there was a crowd that had gathered and Jesus was going to share with them. And the Bible tells us that Peter allowed Jesus to use his boat. And Jesus told him to let it out a little bit while Jesus talked to the people. And he taught them. So he was teaching the people. But the reason he asked Peter to move the boat out into, out from shore into the waters was because he knew that in that position, his voice would be amplified. And so Peter was willing to invest his boat so that Jesus could use it in his teaching, in his teaching ministry. After Jesus gets done with teaching, then he says to Peter, now, here's what I want you to do, Peter. I want you now to get into your boat, and I want you to launch out into the deep, and I want you to cast down your net for a big catch. Now, what you got to understand, at that moment, it was a crisis moment for Peter. Because, see, Jesus, in Peter's mind, Jesus was a good teacher. But Peter was a professional fisherman. And Peter informs Jesus, look, we've been fishing all night, and we've caught nothing. Now, what was Peter saying? Look, Lord, you stick to teaching, let me do the fishing. Why? Because, you see, Peter knew that in order to fish the way they did with nets, the best time to fish was at night. And so he's thinking in his mind, look, he wants us to go fishing right now, but here's the thing. That if we fish now, it's going to give us a disadvantage. Because then the fish will see the nets. And if we fished all night when we have the advantage and caught nothing. Have you ever been told by God to do something that didn't make sense? Have you ever found something in God's word that you said, I don't know about that one. Because it doesn't make sense. But when I want you to see what the Bible reveals. As he's battling with this, the Bible says in Luke 5, verses 4 and 5, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What do we learn? No risk. No reward. Here's what I believe, and I've shared it often here at church. Every church has a choice to make. 
We can either risk or we can rust. Rust means to waste away one's potential powers through inaction. What you'll discover from God is this, that God will call you to take risk in your life. And it's not because he wants to put you at a disadvantage. It is because it, with him and following him, you always have the advantage, no matter if the odds are stacked against you. Whenever you and I choose to go with God, we will discover what the word of God reveals throughout. God is a debtor to no one, but he is definitely a rewarder. He's not a debtor, but he is a rewarder. Another thing that Peter discovered is a principle that you and I must apply. When you obey the Lord and leave the shore, you will end up with more than you bargained for. When you obey the Lord and leave the shore, you will end up with more than you bargained for. What do you mean, Pastor? Look what the Bible goes on to tell us in verses 5 through 7. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, watch this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other what? Boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the what? So that they began to sing. Did you catch it? He invested one boat into the teaching ministry of Jesus. And Jesus not only filled his boat, but the boat of his partner. He got double for obeying the directive of the Lord. God will never be a debtor to you and I. When he calls us to take a risk, he will reveal over and over again, you can never trust me too much that I will not prove to you that I am more than enough. God wants you and I to know that when we take the risk according to his revelation, he will always prove himself faithful. Now, this same Peter is the Peter who often would get his foot stuck in his mouth. He had the problem of speaking first and then thinking later. You ever have that problem? Oops, I shouldn't have said it. Okay, but here's the thing. Before we get on his case, Peter usually said what everybody else was too scared to say. Now, on social media, there's a, there's, a, there's a custom that I've seen people do. They'll, they'll, they'll ask for something, they'll pose a question, and then they'll add, asking for a friend. It's just, a, it's just a, an excuse for trying to cover yourself in case it's a dumb question or in case people think it's you. You want to say, no, 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 asking for a friend. Well, Peter had one of those asking for a friend moments. There's a man, a rich man that Jesus encouraged to follow him. A rich man that wanted to know what is the greatest command. And Jesus told him to leave everything. And this man was not willing to do what Jesus instructed him to do. And, and then, and then Peter poses this question in Mark's gospel, Mark 10, 28 and 30. It says, and Peter spoke up and said, can't you see that we've left everything we had to cling to you? And then Jesus responded, listen to my words. Anyone who leaves his home behind 
and chooses me over children, parents, family, and possessions, all for the sake of the gospel, it will come back to him how? A hundred times as much in this lifetime. Homes, family, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, possessions, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, he will inherit eternal life. Did you see what Jesus revealed? That when you choose to walk away from something or someone that is hindering you from being able to follow my gospel, I will never leave you in a position of a debtor. I will reward you. In fact, I will bless you a hundred times over. It doesn't mean that if God calls you to leave a home behind, that He's saying that He's going to give you a hundred homes in His place. No. What it means is this, that when you and I choose to follow the Lord, and it costs us something, and, and, we, and in choosing to follow Him, we have to walk away from certain things. God is saying, what Whatever you give up, whatever you give up to follow me will never compare to what you will experience. What you will experience in me will be always a hundred times better. I want to tell you today, I know this for myself, that there are things that I've walked away from. And now as I look back, I'm grateful that I did because there's no one and nothing that can compare to Jesus. There's no one and nothing that can compare to the quality of life that there is in eternal life and then the third principle or concept that we see in genesis 12 is the principle of connection genesis 12 1 through 3 indicates that god separated abraham from his idolatrous family in order to make him and his descendants the messianic nation in other words the nation through whom the messiah jesus would come which would bring salvation to all earth's families but here's a key that you and i need to realize is the potential for blessing is made actual by faith the potential for blessing is made actual by faith god's heart is to bless all the families of the earth but the only way my family your family is going to inherit the blessing that God has transmitted in promise to Abram is that when you and your family make the decision, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The only way your family is going to experience the blessing God promises to give unto the families of the earth through Abram is when you decide, I don't care if you want to follow Jesus or not. As for me, I'm going to believe on the Lord. And the Lord's promise is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. This is a good news that God's intent from the beginning was not just to bless you. It was to bless your family, to bless your descendants. And God's promise through Abraham is this, that if you come into covenant with me, then not only will you be blessed, but your household will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your children's children will be blessed. Your children's children's children will be blessed. Your children's children, 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 are down to thousand generations Woo! why because of connection now i don't know if they still do it today but back in the day in the hood I, 
if he had a friend who was into drugs um, and they were on their way to try to score, they would say, you would ask him, hey, where are you going, Holmes? I'm going to go see the connection. You knew what they meant. The connection is a person who had the supply. The connection was a person who had the goods that they were after. Can I tell you, if you're a child of God, you're the connection. But not in that sense, okay? (laughs) In a redeemed sense. You've got the goods that people need. You've got the goods. And God is saying, through you, I want to bless others. The Life Application Bible states this. As you read the rest of the book of Genesis, notice how people, Esau, Laban, Lot, and nations, Egypt, were blessed because of their association with those in Abram's direct line of descendants. And not only that, as I was meditating on this passage and on the life of Abram, it just blew me away that God, even because of Abram, He he gave someone a miracle In spite of their mistake. Isn't that good? Some of you are like, how many of you have ever made a mistake that you regret? Can I tell you something? Your mistake does not erase the potential that you have to still be blessed by God with a miracle. I told the church a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night that this same Abram, was promised a child and descendants through God. But one day in Genesis 16, his wife came to him and said, You know what, viejo, or I'm not viejo, old man. I'm, I'm old. I'm not going to be able to bear any children for you. So why don't you go ahead and sleep with my midwife? Why, why are y'all quiet? Because <laughs> you know what happened. Her name was Hagar. And uh, Abram, he said, well, honey, if that's what you want, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it because that's what you want. Tonto. <laughs> Since you want me to, I'll do it. And we know what happened. Hagar and Abram. Everybody's all like on the edge, right? Let me help you get loose. They did the coochie coochie, okay? That's what happened, okay? And then she comes back and says, I'm pregnant. And what happened was Sarah, that that time her name was Sarai, she gets upset and throws her out. But watch this. When Hagar is thrown out, she finds herself in the wilderness and she's crying. And then God shows up and speaks to her. And then he says, the child that you bear will be mighty. And his name, he even gave the child a name, Ishmael. You know what Ishmael means? God hears. And you know what she named the Lord? She named God El Roi, the living one who sees. You see God's heart? That even in spite of her mistake, 
he promises her a miracle. I want you to understand that that happened because she was connected to Abram. And I want to encourage you today. It could be you or it could be somebody who is connected to you. Somebody in your family that has made a mistake in their life. But I want you to believe God. That God still has a miracle with their name on it. And that God will deliver. God will prove himself that in spite of your mistake, it does not stop my blessing. Ultimately, what I've promised will be fulfilled. Because I'm not a man that I will lie. I'm not the son of man that I'll turn on my word. If I said it, I'm going to do it. If I spoke it, I'm going to make it good. Notice in Genesis 12, 3 again, it says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's a preacher by the name of Jeff Strite. He tells this story. He says, back in Bible college, somebody told me that this promise was only for Abraham. He tried to convince me that only Abraham had been promised that those who blessed him would be blessed and those who cursed him would be cursed. But I felt certain that this promise also applied to me as a Christian. So I set out to prove that I was right and I did. He continues in Matthew 10, 42, Jesus said, If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth. He will certainly not lose his reward. In other words, God promises to bless those who bless us. Then in 2 Thessalonians 1.6, Paul tells the Christians in Thessalonica, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. What is he saying? God will curse those who curse us. Jeff says, now I find great comfort in that. I am pleased that God is focused on my needs. He cares so much for you and me that he will reward people who watch out for us. And he will deal harshly with folks who hurt us. But it doesn't stop there. Just as God told Abraham that all the peoples of the earth would be blessed through him, so also God intends everyone you meet to be blessed through you. God wants to bless your children, your grandchildren, your co-workers, your neighbors. They all should be affected by the relationship you have with God. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And if the fruit of God's Spirit that is obvious in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control causes them to begin looking to God. It can ultimately lead to them wanting God for their Father as well. God wants to bless you, and He wants to bless others through you. Church, we are blessed to bless. We are not paupers. We are children of God. We are heirs of God. Unless you think 
think that you are not included in this blessing. Listen, Paul writes in Galatians 3.29, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is Paul saying? If you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, then the promise God gave Abraham, it is your promise as well. That's why this same Paul would say in this same letter in chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Then he tells us in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might become ours as well. What did God promise Abram? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you to such a way that even those that come in connection with you will be blessed in you and through you. I want you to understand today, child of God, you are not, you are not destitute. You are not in poverty. You may see, but I don't have a great bank account, but you have heaven's wealth at your disposal. You have the name of Jesus that can break down barriers. You have the name of Jesus that can break down the strongholds of the enemy. You have right now within your possession, the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And there is nothing before you that can compare to the greater one that is inside of you. You are blessed, child of God. You are not here to just survive in your life. You are here to be elevated, to be promoted. God said to Abram, I will make your name great. I don't care what your last name is. God can make you great in spite of it. Because once you get connected to Abram's blessing, it means that you can be blessed in all areas. Because in Genesis 24, 1, it says that Abram was old and it says and the Lord blessed him in all things let me tell you what kind of blesser God is he can bless you materially he can bless you physically he can bless you financially he can bless you emotionally he can bless you relationally he can bless you spiritually he can bless you mentally he can bless you in every area because there is no sphere there is no realm where his blessing cannot be known Abram experienced that and we are the seed of Abraham I used to be. I used to be the seed of the woman alone, but thank God I've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. I am now part of a royal priesthood. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins because of Jesus that has redeemed me. We are blessed in the Lord. So today, what's today? For some of you, it's the day of initiation. God's been searching you out. God's been speaking to your life. And say, I've been looking for you. I've been waiting for you. To come to the point of recognizing you need me. And that's why I keep tugging at your heart. That's why I keep speaking to your heart and your mind. To let you know I am the way, the truth, and the life. What's today for some of us? It's the day of separation. God is saying you need to walk away from that hurt. You need to walk away from that bad habit. You need to walk away from that addiction that has been been hindering you and hampering you and keeping you back from being able to walk into my blessing. It's time to walk away. And for others of us, it's the day of connection. It's the day of realizing, wow, I've got the goods. And I can be the connection 
between heaven and earth to someone's life today. I have that. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that's been at work today. Thank you for revealing through your word how you don't wait for us to find you. You initiate the search and rescue to find us. We can't go so far from you that you cannot reach us. As often as it has often been said, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Thank you, Lord. That there's no one here in this building right now that is out of your reach. And you're reaching out to them. And you're saying, walk away. Walk away from your past. Walk away from that habit that's been hurting you. That's been breaking you up on the inside. That's been tormenting you. Walk away. And walk into my blessing. Because my heart has always been to bless you. My heart has always been to heal you. To free you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to make their way up. Now I'm going to ask those of you that say, Pastor... The Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I know I need, I need to exercise separation right now. There's some things I need to walk away from so that I can walk into God's blessing. I'm going to challenge you today not to stay at your seat if you know that's you. I'm going to challenge you to come forward to this front area we call the altar. And there's someone here ready to pray with you and believe with you that today, today, as you walk away from what God's telling you to walk away from, you're going to walk into His blessing. You say, I need that and I want it. That's you. Start walking forward right now. Come on up. 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 That's you. You know it. Come. Come on up. I'm walking away in order to walk into God's blessing. That's it. Come. 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 